everyone, and welcome to the September 2017 Tim Hayden's Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. It's hard to believe this is our 12th episode. I want to uh, remind all of our listeners that um, we will release our podcast the first Wednesday of each month, and also to subscribe on iTunes. And also, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, letting us know if there's any specific topics or subjects that you'd like for us to talk about in upcoming episodes, we welcome that. So I've got the pleasure of introducing my friend, John Taylor. John is with Assured Partners. He's been the man, a managing director for them for over 13 years. He and his wife, Tabitha, live not too far down the road from us. He lived in Charleston, South Carolina for a long time, but now he calls the upstate home. So they have a son, and we're just honored I'm personally honored to have him with us today. John, welcome to our podcast. Thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate you having me. Yep. Hey, so um, we, are, we are starting a new series, and you're, our first, uh, you're my first interview on higher hiring. And I know that one thing that's been a real challenge for us is our, the economy in the, in the upstate of South Carolina is very strong. And there's a, you know, it's hard to find team members because everybody, you know, all of the people that are good, hardworking, quality individuals that already have jobs. So I know that you and I had a conversation about what you do in your role and that you guys do some things very different when it comes to your recruiting and hiring process. So a couple, couple things I want to mention before we, before we dive into it is, uh, you know, hiring is a tough business. It takes patience, proper screening, and careful analysis. You know, um, for most small businesses, it's a natural part of the business's evolution. At first, you need generalists in most positions. You need someone to run all the aspects of your marketing and finance, for example. But as your business evolving and grows, especially like ours has, um, you'll often find people with specific skill sets rather than generalists to keep your business going. So, I'm, you know, a lot of times, you know, we've got positions on our floor. We just need to have people out there running machines and producing parts. But, um, John, my first question for you. What type of things should we keep in mind when looking to hire a new team member? Yeah, Tim. Um, you know, I think, but before I get started, I'll say that there's obviously different employee types, like you mentioned, some that, that do basic work, some that maybe need to be more skilled or, or have different functions or backgrounds. Um, I think first and foremost, you have to take a step back and establish a process for hiring, uh, whatever that may be. And that you, your team, anyone involved in a hiring uh, position would follow that process. And so that you guys have a consistent uh, path for someone to go from prospective employee to employee across the company. Um, in addition to that, you know, I think what, what we found what was kind of funny is we would wait until we had an open position and then we would scramble and try to find that one person that's out there just, you know, needing a job. Uh, and, you know, once we realized what we were getting with that and the turnover that comes from that, we actually installed a motto just called constantly recruiting. We truly would constantly be recruiting, even if we didn't have a position, so that we had, you know, three, four, five people. We might come across a perfect candidate when we didn't have a position that we would maybe even create one for so that we could work them into our mix, you know, over a, you know, three, six, or nine-month period. Hey, John, if I can interrupt you there just for a minute. I think what you just said is is the absolute truth. And I know that for me, and I, I think that, you know, our small business owners and leaders can really lean in now, is that 
you know, right now I'm in, we're in the process of updating our organizational chart. So, you know what, in the back of my mind, I've always got plan A, B, and C. And you know what, some of those are people that may not even be on our team right now that we know that we have, you know, relationships with, because to me, if you find an outstanding potential team member, if they're as good as what you think and they make an offer something that you don't have, a lot of times you will, to your point, you'll create a position for them, knowing that you're, knowing you've got growth plans, knowing that you've got things going on, but you got to be careful about it. But I do think that is very important. So I appreciate you mentioning that. Sure thing. And, and, you know, to further that point, you made a good comment that um, the, the economy is strong. People have jobs and if they're really good people, their company is likely taking care of them. Very rarely do you find that unicorn that's out there running around that says, hey, I'm a really incredible employee. I'm just out looking because I was treated unfairly. Uh, it happens, but it's very rare. So the other strategy that we've taken is we feel that we can train people on the content of the actual job. And so what we've also done is try to find people that are coming out of school uh, or pulling people from a, an industry that has nothing to do with ours, that has a ceiling on their industry to bring them into ours. You often can find somebody for a lower you know, wage and then have a couple folks that are truly identified as mentors and trainers within your organization and get them up to speed quickly so that you create people under your culture versus hiring someone that's done something similar somewhere else and then having to undo some of their bad habits. I mean, these are basic things that I think most business owners have experienced but to truly call it what it is and then to develop a plan and strategy to avoid some of those same old behaviors that we fall in during that, that hiring process, I think is what's made us better hires than we were probably two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Now that's good. That's good. So to that point on the, uh, the mentoring is uh, I do think it's, it's fair to even create an incentive program. Um, you know, we've identified in our office two people that do a really good job. And so we actually have an incentive. If they can do these tasks within six weeks, we'll offer you a $500 bonus. And so it gives ownership to that person that's mentoring them to do it. And for us, that $500 is, is nothing compared to what we would have had to pay someone that was truly already skilled at that level. No, no, that's, that's real good. That's good. <laughs> hey, so talk a little bit about, um, well, in general terms, where and how do you recruit? Sure. Yeah. And there's, there's so many ways now and, you know, so much online, um, you know, word of mouth is our favorite. I mean, we actually offer um, incentives to our employees to refer people um, and we, we space it out. We do an initial bonus for, for hiring someone, referring someone that we hire. And if they make it six months and then 12 months, there's also other incremental bonuses. So we don't give it to them all up front. We give them just a little bit up front and then another at six months, and another at 12 months. And at that point, we pretty much know if they're going to be a keeper or not. Um, so, so if I can ask a question right there, John, so if I worked for you, for your company, and if I recruit, if I, if I referred someone, is that, are you talking about if I referred someone or are you talking about if that new team member came on and then that team member gets a signing bonus and then they get a six month bonus and 12 month bonus. How does that work in your company? Yeah. So if you referred someone to us today and you were an employee of ours and you said, Hey, I know, someone down the hall that I'm going to, you know, I know someone in my church or whatever, I'm going to refer to our company as a potential employee. If we take them through our hiring process and hire them, we'll give that employee that referred them a $500 bonus on day one, a $250 bonus at six months and another 250 at 12 months. You can get up to a thousand dollars over a 12 month period 
for referring a good, good, talented person. Now, that's really good. I'll tell you what we do for our hourly team is that if someone, if, if, if you refer someone and if they come to work, if they work 90 days, we give them a $250 bonus. That's nice. But in, 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 for our hourly team, you know, that's, that's a big deal. But I'm actually, you know, I'm not suggesting that we're going to change our process, but you give me some things to think about there that we didn't think about before. And I think that having it spread out over time is a big deal. And here's the thing, no matter how, it, and so you've got on, on what you guys do, you've got a, a person, you have an employee that's got a potential of making $1,000 extra by referring someone. That's right. Okay. That's a lot, but I'll tell you this, it's going to cost you more than $1,000 to go recruit someone and have to get them trained up and all over time. And if you can find someone, to me, there's no better way, that, there's no better recruiting tool than word of mouth. Absolutely. And to your point, Tim, it's, you know, people, you, you get the best version of somebody during the interview process. And so if you have a, an employee that you trust, they can say, no, I've known this person for two years. You kind of get to, you know, filter through some of those folks that may be a great interviewer, but may fizzle out in six weeks. So I, I definitely agree. I love word of mouth. Um, a couple other places that we have, have gone, um, like we mentioned, bringing folks in without experience and training them. So we, we do some stuff with um, different schools, trade schools, um, you know, colleges, universities. Um, we, we actually tap into industry vendors a lot. So if there's someone that may serve your industry as a vendor and then, you know, three or four other similar employers, but may have some suggestions on other employers with similar situated employees to give you some ideas on where to look. That's an option. And then, you know, for us being a little more white collar, uh, LinkedIn has become a great place to recruit. Okay. That's good. So, hey, John, walk me through, because again, the whole, you know, while, while I'm interviewing you today is because you guys do things very different than what I've heard other companies do. So we, can, you, can you give us a little bit of a snapshot on how, go through the, walk us through the process that you use and ultimately, uh, you know, when, you, when you're in the process of hiring someone. Yeah, sure. So um, we actually just hired someone down in Charleston. And uh, the, so the whole process for them start to finish was pretty funny. Uh, this was for actual sales role. So, you know, I think it's, uh, we, we have more fun with those because those folks truly have to show grit. They have to show that they can withstand the nose, the, the trials um, as being a salesperson. And so, I prefer a phone interview first. Um, it allows me just to kind of see how they present themselves without putting on their best suit, you know, fixing their hair the perfect way, new haircut, all that kind of stuff, and just get my first impression that way. Um, assuming that goes well, I just really want to hear about them, why they have even have interest in our company, and why we should have interest in them. Then I would invite them in for a face-to-face. -face. And so at that point, um, we go through the interview process just you know i'm all about asking questions i think if you're a if if you're a company with a product you know versus having your salespeople go out and tell everyone about your product if you can master the art of asking questions the people that you're selling to are going to tell you exactly what you need to hear to turn around and give them exactly what they want mm. and i think we should be treating interviewing the same way instead of sitting there telling them how great your company is you should truly just map out the questions you would ask to gain the information from them so that you can determine and be in control of, are they really a good fit for us? And have they given me the ingredients to tell them what they need for me to make them an offer that, that they would be interested in? So during that interview process, I kind of go through that. It's really a ton of questions, um, gathering information from them. But 
if we decide we want to move forward, I typically give them a homework assignment at that point. For us and for that particular role as a sales role, we have a book. I mean, you could probably read it in a day, day and a half max. Um, that is really in line with our sales culture. And so for that individual, I gave them the book and you kind of leave it with, okay, so the next step is you take this book, you read it, you write me a summary of what it is and why you think it would help you be successful in our business. And from that, that simple assignment lets me know how quickly does it take them to read a book? How big of a priority is this opportunity with our company? So how fast do they respond? When I get it back, you know, how articulate are they? What's their grammar like? You know, can they comprehend that information and spit it back out in a good summary? Uh, so there's so much information you can gain from that. Uh, you know, if it's not a salesperson, we do a similar thing with service folks, but we give them like, here's a page full of scenarios and how, write out to us how you would handle the situation and make the client feel really good about their experience. So I think you can apply that to anything, but re back to this person. So they actually went home, downloaded that book. We had an interview at like 10 a.m. They go home, download the book, read it, and at 1 a.m., I get an email. I got it the next morning, of course, but I saw it was sent at 1 a.m. They had read the entire book and wrote a great summary and had it back to me. So I'm, this, this, this fellow is anxious for this job. And so uh, the funny thing is, is even if it is a phenomenal report, I like to ask a simple question. Is this your best work? I'm just curious. Mm. Just leave it at that. And so I think with that, you find out, are they going to respond defensively? Are they going to be able to prove their case? No, actually, it's, I thought it was a really good report, and this is why. Or do they just not say anything, go back and critique it and send you another version? But again, I think that one hurdle makes them you know, provide an action in which you can assess further. And all, all these I, things – go ahead, Tim. I think that is a great question, and it really puts people on the spot. Because they're trying to think and guess, where's that question come from? So did I not do good work? And are they seeing that in my report? Or, you know, where's that coming from? That thing could take a number of different avenues in that response. It, it really does. Seen, and you probably have seen that, haven't you, John? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that, we've had several folks get defensive. We've had several folks just really be great about responding and, and validating that it is their best work and it is good. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Actually, it was really good. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> but um, all these little steps aren't to be painful. But, you know, if we feel like we're making a large investment of time, money, people, putting our culture at risk by inserting a person into it that we really don't know, we just want to have the best gauge possible of whether they're quality or not. So, so kind of continuing on there, so they bring the assignment in, we get through that part. Um, you know, next thing I do is I send them an email and I copy a couple people that they would potentially be working with in our company and just say, hey, you know, thanks for coming in. I appreciate your report. Um, as you see, I've copied a couple folks. These are people that you'd likely be working with. And I would like you to introduce yourself, ask them some questions and find out if this truly is going to be a good fit for you. Because the worst thing for you or me could be is that this, this is a failed hire. So talk to them, see, see what you think. And the, the thing is they have to come back to me and say, Hey, we want Tim on our team for us to move to the next step. So these two people I've copied have to come to me and say, Tim's phenomenal. We'd be a better company with him. If they don't say that, I don't know that we're going to move forward at this point. 
And so what that step does is it allows me to see, again, how quickly are they going to reach out to these two people? Are they going to send them an email? Are they going to come in personally and introduce themselves? Or are they going to pick up the phone and call them? And there's no right or wrong answer. But um, those two folks also know what I'm looking for. And I've kind of trained them up on their, their role in the process. And all this together comes back to say, is this individual just looking to get a quick job? Or are they willing to do what it takes to find a great career? And that's what we're really trying to decipher between the two efforts here. You know, uh, I think I think that's great. And I want to make sure that I didn't miss part of the process. So, so let's just say that you're interviewing me for a position. You're going to call me on the phone. You're going to have a you're going to have a verbal conversation on the phone. If you like what you hear from me so far, you're going to you're going to give me a homework assignment, correct? Well, at that point, I would invite you in for a face-to-face. Okay, I missed that part if you mentioned that. So I, I want to make sure. So, so if, if, if you have a good phone call with me, you're going to invite me in to have a face-to-face. That's right. Okay, all right. And then yeah. I don't know if we covered that earlier. So once you do that, then if you feel if the face-to-face goes good, then you're going to, then you're going to give me a homework assignment, correct? That's right. Okay, all right. You know, I think that uh, I like the homework assignment. And I, we've never done anything like this. So you got, you know, my mind is spinning with, hey, how can we take some of this ourselves? But I think that it shows a lot of things. It shows work ethic. It shows how, how, to your point, how serious are you about this career? You know, and again, you know, when we hire team members, you know, I want them to be career changes, not just, not just a, a, a puddle jump from one job to another. You know, our society is puddle jumpers in a lot of cases today. You know, and, and you know, if you can go, and I always, I always challenge our team, you can go and truly better your life and better your family's life. By all means, work an Otis. Don't ever run a bridge and handle it the right way. But to go puddle jump for a quarter an hour is not worth it. That's right. All right. So, but, I, but good. But please continue. But I think that was real good. I just want to qualify that, make sure I understood it, and our listeners understood it. Yeah, sure thing. And so, um, you know, really, once they send that assignment back in, this is an extra step that we have almost as an internal requirement. But once they do that, we spend about $400 on a caliper test. Um, and there's dozens of different kinds. Um, but that gives us uh, some really good data and feedback on their personality, the way they respond, consistency in responding. And it allows us to have one more conversation with them like, so, you know, I've kind of had this feeling of you all along. But according to these tests, it says that you're really more like this. And it allows me to ask some additional questions to make sure I really know what I'm getting in terms of this potential hire. So, so that's, that's like a behavioral assessment. That's right. Okay. And one thing that we're going to be talking about in some of our upcoming episodes are behavioral assessments. We use that in our company. So I'm, I'm, I am familiar with what you're talking about. So good deal. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It's, um, it's interesting to see how many variances there are. And then you can ask questions obviously and get to the bottom of it and find that, that parallel. But that, that test costs us about 400 bucks a person. And so we do want to get through those first four or five steps before we make that investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and really from there, the last step in our process is they come in, you know, the sales folks, for example, like this individual, um, we have a sales process and within it is some scripting. We, we truly don't encourage they go out and use a script, but for someone brand new, that's just the quickest way for them to find some consistency. And so we have them memorize it and they have to come recite it in front of about 10 people. Mm. And, you know, you start seeing, you know, some folks that get the splotchy redneck, some people, you know, sweat a little bit. Some people come in and just nail it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And all that said, you know, it's not meant to make someone uncomfortable, but it, it is again, that last step and to show that they're willing to come in. They don't, they don't have some, uh, you know, really interesting, uh, you know, nervous, you know, a symptom because they're in front of people and all that. If they, if they're applying for a sales role, um, if it's for a service role, we do a similar thing, but we'll do some, um, basically some role play with some service situations and all that. But, you know, all that said that that is meant to be something where you put them in an uncomfortable position and we pretty much know at that point we're going to hire them, assuming they just do okay, you know, in that part. Mm-hmm. And everyone's there really to have a big celebration, congratulate them because we hire them on the spot at that point. Okay. And so I think it's a, a nice uh, positive finish to a, a process. So, so John, how many, how many steps like, uh, how many interviews, like, cause you mentioned that you, you first, you start off with a phone call, then you have the face to face. And if that goes well, then you, you, you give them homework and they got to go home, do homework. Then you, then, then they come back again or how does, how many, how many interviews, if you will, do sure. you have either, you know, either verbal or in person before the person is hired? Sure. You do initial phone in our process. We do initial phone face to face follow up phone after the homework assignment. Um, then we send out the email of introducing to the other team members. Uh, we have a call after that, you know, then we have another one with, uh, with the caliper test and then the follow up from that, um, the face to face where they're presenting to the group. So basically about eight interviews before a hire. You know, I think, I think it's important for our listeners to, again, to lean in here. So John and, and his team, they typically, they have eight touches with that potential new team member before they hire them. And I can't express, and, and, I, and I'm raising my hand right now as John and I are talking, that we've got to do a better job of spending more time intentionally with people to know, because again, you know, um, we got to make sure that they've got the right stuff and to where they won't hurt our culture. You know, we want to protect our culture. And as leaders, and I know that our listeners have heard me say this before, what we permit, we promote. And I know that, um, you know, we're – we're really focusing part of our organizational layout relayout that we're doing is we've got to, you know, we've got to have a, one of our uh, pillars of our organization has got to be HTR hire, train and retain because we can hire people all day long. But if we've, if we've got an evolving door, a team members coming out here, that's not doing us good. Look at the money that is costing us on the front end that we're never recouping. So I think that, I think that's good. To understand, it takes you know potentially you got eight touches with that new team member before you end up hiring them. That's a big deal, and I tell you that's that's being very intentional on what you're doing. And I think and it's a process. I know that people have heard before. I'm a big Dave Ramsey guy, and I believe in entree leadership. I think they have 13 or 14 before they end up hiring a person. You know, so you have to go through a pretty major process. Sounds like you got to do the same with your organization. We do. And one thing you just said, Tim, is even with eight interviews, I mean, we still make some bad hires. I mean, it's not a perfect process. And the, the biggest impact that most people don't think about is not just, am I going to be able to fill this seat and keep it filled? But the other five or six seats around them, is this person going to have a positive or negative impact on my good people that I already have? And to me, that's, that is probably the most, um, I guess, intangible thing that that I've tried to wrap my head around. Uh, I'm very intentional about making sure that it's going to only uh, support and grow culture, but never, never take us back. So. Yeah. Now that's real good. That's real good. Hey, um, John, any closing comments, man, this has been great. And I want to say that 
I think what we've been talking about, you guys are a, you know, you're a, you're a professional organization. You know, you, so you have a lot of salespeople and you're sales and service oriented, correct? That's right. You know, so, so what John has unpacked for us today has been based in that environment because that's where you guys live. So as we go through our upcoming series with hiring, you know, we're going to get some and we're going to talk more into behavioral assessments. We're going to talk more into hiring manufacturing people, which is the bulk of what we do, which is different. But I think that I think that you hit some real great points, even for me, that I me sitting here writing notes, and I'm I've got some good takeaways from that. So I really appreciate it. any closing comments. Yeah, no, thanks, Tim. Uh, this can't apply to anybody. The few things I would suggest is absolutely number one: make a process, stick to it. And find, always refine it. There's always going to be, like you, I know you have a great process on almost everything in your business. It's impressive, but you always find tidbits from these types of podcasts to, to make your process better. And the second is constantly recruit. Do not wait for that empty seat and then rush out to, to fill it. I would even try to come up with a ratio. Say, I'm going to hire at least 10 people before hiring and seven of them have to not be looking for a job. That yeah. way you only have, th- just for an example, but have a process, constantly recruit, and life will be better. Thanks, nah, Tim. Nah, that's good. John, again, thanks for being with us. And, hey, I want to thank our listeners for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Again, if you have any topics that you'd like for us to talk about in regards to small business, you know, hey, buy us a review on iTunes. So, hey, we look forward to talking to you next month. Take care and God bless.